Parents, welcome to another episode of The Journey, a podcast intended to educate, equip, and entertain you as we talk about important issues facing our families. PCA is a Christ-centered, biblically-based, and family-focused community of committed believers doing life together. We hope the information you hear on this podcast informs and inspires you to be a better parent. Welcome to The Journey. All right, parents, welcome back to The Journey. This is Dan Benetti. I've got uh, a good friend, longtime friend, Sean McDowell. Welcome, Sean, to the program. Dan, thanks. Really looking forward to seeing you again and being with uh, your great folks. Yeah, now you've been here several times for our Biblical Worldview Institute. We uh, we love having you. The students uh, love you. Uh, whenever I go back and talk to our alumni, uh, they're always asking about, you know, who's that? Is Sean McDowell. We love Sean McDowell. So uh, <laughs> we always uh, enjoy having you out. But uh, this year, kind of a, a little bit interesting um, when we were thinking about the issue of deconstructionism, I remember um, hollering at you and just saying, hey, uh, this is something that um, you know a lot of kids on the high school campus are wrestling with, people walking away from their faith. And I was like, can you come in and help um, our students really understand? And there's a, there's a positive and a negative to deconstructionism, right? There's that whole um, you know, taking your faith and making it your own and not allowing what the church says or what your parents say or what tradition says to be the only thing that you hold on to as truth. But there's also then the, the concept where people have taken um, everything and just kind of jettisoned it and, and, and walked away from everything. And so uh, we want our students to wrestle with the truth and we teach them how to do that. Uh, but we also want them to have um, you know, kind of a foundation upon which they base their life. Um, and if it's not scripture, right, well, then what else is it going to be? And that's one of the things uh, that as we were talking is just kind of, it's an interesting conversation to have. Uh, and I'm glad you're going to be able to come in here and have it with our students and just kind of wrestle with some of the things. Um, because a, a number of people um, kind of within the Christian circle have really walked away from their faith. So are you mm -hmm. seeing that same thing? I mean, you, you kind of are on that apologetic front uh, in what you do, um, is this something that you guys are wrestling with as well? No, there's a proverb that says, uh, the purpose in a man's heart is deep mm. and a person of wisdom draws it out. There is this deconstruction phenomena and there's different ways to look at it. There is a positive way in the sense of we need to know what we believe and why we believe it. Exactly. Uh, we, sh we should shed away faulty ideas and experiences and bad theology to yeah. get a more grounded phenomena. But there's also a, a negative phenomena of some people who are rejecting the faith for what I consider reasons that you shouldn't reject a faith for alone. And I think our students have confusion about this. Many of them are not even sure what to do with the questions they have, the doubts, the difficulties they're facing, so, so much of what I do, and I know you're doing, I've been doing for two decades at yep. BWI, is just helping <laughs> kids think about the tough issues, and you've never shied away from it. I really respect it. I appreciate that. And I probably a day doesn't go by that I don't get some kind of email from a young person saying, I have questions, I have doubts, help me. So we need to help them. And uh, I'm honored to come be a part of the conversation. Yeah. Now, you're going to be here November first um the conference is november 1st and 2nd it's a tuesday and wednesday i'm really excited about you being here speaking to our students um, our parents we're really opening it up for the first time uh, to more than just 
students. Um, you know, a lot of parents are kind of looking at this conference and saying, hey, I want to come too. And we're like, it, it is open to everybody. <laughs> you know, the, yeah. the worship center seats 7,000 people. So we've got plenty of room. Um, but, uh, you know, the doors open at 8 o'clock, 8 a.m. Uh, and it's a great, great time uh, for you. Um, let me ask you about real quickly your book. Um, your book that came out, um, A Rebel's Manifesto, um, is that a kind of a story about your particular life or is it just kind of being um, rebellious uh, in a culture where everything seems to be going in uh, a direction away from God and you're kind of encouraging uh, young people to kind of walk against the stream? I'm challenging students to be rebels, but yeah. in a different way than it's differently often characterized in our culture. So yep. if you look at rock music, the story of rock music, go back to the 50s. Some of it was rebelling against racial injustice yep. in the 60s against the establishment in the 70s against war and so on. Well, it hit me that now everybody has a microphone to rebel in the way that rock artists did in the past. And rock okay. music has kind of lost its influence and bluster, so to speak. Mm. Now, what does it mean to rebel and be a contrarian? Well, everybody's trying to shock and awe. Almost everybody is just canceling others. Mm. Almost everybody's building walls, not bridges. It's actually the contrarian today who says, you know what? I want to understand you first. I want to build bridges and relationships with you. And I think I can do that in a way in which I don't compromise my convictions. So that's, I'm calling students to rise up and rebel against expectations. But the book is full of really the 25 most thorny, difficult, sensitive topics that are out there, whether it's immigration, climate change, gun control, transgenderism, abortion, you name it. Oh, you hit them all. Say, Let's, there you go. <laughs> I hit every one I could find because the Bible, as you know, as well as anybody, speaks to every single issue. Yeah. So that's that's the heart of of a rebel's manifesto. That's awesome. I, I do love how you said, right, the Bible speaks to it. And I think that's one of the things that um, our students have a difficulty with um, is this concept of if, right, if the Bible speaks to a particular issue um, and that issue then puts me uh, in a counter position to the culture, a lot of our kids feel that tension, right? They, they don't want to say something that um, isn't going to be accepted or isn't going to be liked by whatever the mainstream is. And I, I, I feel that tension for them because it's like, I, I get it. You don't want to be on the outside. Um, but the reality is, is culture changes so quickly. You know, what may be popular today is not popular tomorrow. What might be in today isn't, you know, the in thing uh, five years from now. And so that's why I, I keep on trying to remind our students, you know, you've got to have a foundation that um, transcends time, transcends culture, uh, something that you can actually invest your life in and, and say, this is what truth is. And, and the Bible is, is the only thing that I've ever seen that, you know, that has an, an objective standard for truth that's beyond that subjective standard that, that, you know, so many of our kids want to feel like they fit in, right? So I love how you're addressing every particular issue and giving them that objective standard that can help them no matter what the issue is, Here's how you think through it. And here's the foundation which you can stand upon. Well, you're right that kids feel this because I went in high school and college in the 90s and I didn't drink and party. And I tried to do the things I was told a good Christian young man was supposed to do. Right. But for the most part, my basketball teammates, my classmates respected that and didn't treat me any differently because of that. In fact, I remember one time in the car, one of my teammates who ended up playing major league baseball actually 
he's like, hey, do you care if we play this music? I know you don't prefer it. It was like this kind of like respect towards me that I appreciated. Yeah. Well, today for kids, if they don't hold a certain view, in particular on issues of sexuality, and if they stay quiet, they're often shamed and piled on for holding the same kind of view I held when I was in high school. So this yeah. is what parents and grandparents need to understand that the the culture's completely shifted and this is these aren't just intellectual issues for these kids they feel them they're their lives in person and online it's a very different day yeah it, it very much is um i know you're going to talk about um just the whole concept of deconstructionism um you're going to have some breakout sessions in the afternoon where you're going to be able to kind of take some questions from students uh, so that's going to be fantastic. I, I really enjoy that. And you're going to do a faculty session in the afternoon. Uh, so I'm I'm, uh, I'm very excited about you being here. Um, what else is kind of going on uh, just in your life, in your world um, that you just kind of want to share with our parents as far as uh, a way of uh, encouraging and challenging them um, in, in, uh, in, you know, kind of parenting their young uh, students? I know that there's a, a movement right now towards a gentle parenting, yeah. right? Uh, you know, where a lot of people are talking about this idea of we're, you know, kind of mowing down obstacles for our kids. So there's so many things that our parents are wrestling with, not just cultural issues, not just theological issues, but even just parenting concepts. You have another word for our parents? If I could make things formulaic and as simple as they could be, <laughs> if you yeah. want to pass on your faith, mm. there's a few things. Number one, you have to live a life that's authentic and compelling to your kids. Not perfect. Love it. But if yes. you're not living out the things you say, it doesn't matter what you say. Kids will follow what you do. So right. number one, live out the Christian faith. Look in the mirror first. Second, build genuine relationships with your kids. An intimate, close, bonding relationship with your kids. And third, look for regular opportunities to just have conversation with your kids about faith. That's why I love that you're inviting parents to come. All they got to do is come and watch and maybe they'll learn a few things from the conversation, but then they can just talk with their kids and go, hey, what'd you think about that? What was interesting to you? Uh, what story do you remember? Is there anything you disagreed with? How big do you think deconstruction is? Have you ever doubted your faith? Uh, like if you doubted your faith, how do you think mom and dad would respond? I mean, just having that conversation. So mm. live it out build relationships, engage kids on a spiritual level is what the data consistently shows. There's no guarantee, but scripture also talks about this in Deuteronomy 6.4. So yeah. when the data is there, it's like we shouldn't be surprised because this is what the Bible teaches anyways. Yeah, they got God's plan. Talk about it with your kids in the morning, at night, as you walk, as you go, as you sit. <laughs> Just Amen. Have, have constant conversations with them. Well, Sean, we're really excited about you. Uh, being here for our BWI. Um, can't wait for you to be here November 1st. It's November 1st and 2nd uh, from 8 o'clock until no noon each day. Um, Tuesday we, afternoon, we do have the breakout sessions, uh, which are just kind of a special little way uh, to get a smaller, more intimate crowd um, that goes around. There's three different breakout sessions so they can uh, move around and hear different speakers. Um, I know uh, Elisa Childers is a good friend of yours, and she's going to be here, so we're super excited about that. We've Great. got a couple scientists right? ICR is going to be here talking about awesome. the conflict between Christianity and science. I know Scott Stripling, a uh, great archaeologist, uh, Dr. Craig Evans, who's a, um, you know, a textual 
um, you know, um, evidence for the, the, you know, the Bible, how we got the Bible. So he's going to answer that question. Um, and then Alan Parr finishes off the, the day on Wednesday, just talking about doubt. What do we do with doubt? Uh, and so between mm -hmm. the six of you guys, uh, it's going to be a fantastic two days for our students and for anybody else who wants to come. So I really do appreciate you uh, going to be there uh, in November. Well, thanks for all the work you put into this and for having me a part of such a, a great lineup. Good work. Very good. Well, thanks for the conversation. We'll see you in a couple of weeks. You got it. Thank you for investing the time to listen to this episode of The Journey. Please take a minute to share with friends and family who will also benefit from this valuable resource. And don't forget to rate and review this podcast on your favorite podcast app. It is truly our blessing and honor to walk with you on The Journey.